Welcome to Balanced Black Girl, a podcast dedicated to mental, physical, and emotional health from the Black woman's perspective. Tune in to hear from Black woman health and wellness experts giving the approachable advice you need to help you feel your best. I'm your host, Lestrandra Alfred. Let's dive in. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Balanced Black Girl Podcast. I am your host, Les, and I am honored to be sharing this space with you. Balanced Black Girl is all about conversations revolving around health, well-being, and wholeness from the perspectives of our Black women guests, and I'm honored to have you tuning in. I'm not sure where you individually are on your wellness journey. However, for a lot of folks, myself included, our wellness journeys often start off very much in the physical realm and they end up evolving into so much more. So we typically start by wanting to take better care of our physical bodies in some way, shape, or form. And what that looks like usually kind of depends on the person, but tends to involve movement, maybe hydration, nutrition. Those are kind of the starting off points. And it's interesting because uh, I find that those practices are kind of the gateway into some of the deeper work. And that's not to say that movement practices or, or things like that aren't deep, but that you can get to a point where you start really doing that emotional work, that mental work, that spiritual work. And that's when that gets very, very real. (laughs) And for my wellness journey, I have very much had that experience. I got started in this space when I was in college and just wanted more energy. I was kind of falling asleep at my desk at my job that I, I knew I was going back to after graduation. And I just started moving my body more and paying more attention to what I ate because I wanted more energy to kind of make it through the work day and have enough energy to do the things that I wanted to do after work and, and around the time that I wasn't just sitting at my desk. And it ended up unlocking just this whole world that I don't know if I would have been exposed to otherwise. Maybe I would have, but I probably would have gotten there a lot later or would have been far delayed on this journey from when I was. And that's not to say that even if you do start the journey later on, that it's delayed. But um, based off of the, the timeline that I had, it probably would have been a little more delayed for me. And in talking to so many people who are in the wellness space or who are pretty deep in their own personal development and well-being journey, a lot of people tend to have a very similar experience. Your practices really start off in the physical and, and once you gain what there is to be gained from that, right, you can hit a new level or you reach a certain level of physical strength or you can build these new habits, you start wondering, what else can I do? Or it makes you realize how you want to check how you talk to yourself. You want to check how your spirit's feeling. And it just snowballs and evolves from there. And Today's conversation is really about that. It is about our spiritual evolutions and how that plays into our wellness. Spirituality is one of those things that is definitely individual. And for a lot of us, particularly those who grew up 
in the church, that is often our first and largest spiritual influence. And that can be so beautiful for people depending on their experience and and who they are and if that resonates with them. And then there are some people who maybe it resonates with them for a time and then they uncover more and they want to approach spirituality different and and people who are kind of in between and and want to have a hybrid of maybe some of those church practices that they grew up in and, and some of the spiritual practices that they learn about at a different point in life. I personally am of the belief that there's no right way to do it. I think that if you are a believer, that your relationship with higher power can actually look a lot of different ways. And if it looks how it looked for you growing up in the church and that works for you, that's great. If it looks different than that and you are at a different part in that journey, also great. And Today's interview really dives into that process. And regardless of your kind of personal point or where you are at in your spiritual journey, I really do think that there's so many aspects of this conversation that will resonate with you. And I know for sure that you are going to love today's guest because she is just absolutely fabulous. Our guest today is LaVon Proverbs Briggs, also known as Pastor Bay. She is a body and sex positive preacher, writer, speaker, and spiritual life coach. She's the founder of Beautiful Scars, a healing-centered storytelling agency focused on fostering pleasure and resiliency, and the curator of the proverbial experience in Instagram Church. Briggs has been featured in Essence Cosmopolitan and the Washington Post magazines, and Sojourners named her one of 11 women shaping the church. Briggs, an NYC native, is currently based in New Orleans, Louisiana. So I have to tell y'all, I found LaVon, I believe on Instagram earlier this year, kind of towards the beginning of quarantine, just from, I think someone shared one of her posts in their stories. And so of course, like for me, Harriet the spy, I then have to go, you know, I see a post I like, and then I automatically have to go to that person's profile and learn everything I can. Um, And as soon as I went to her profile and saw more of what she shared, I just, it was just a yes. (laughs) It was the everything for me in that moment, because her work resonated with me so deeply. And she does such a beautiful job fostering community for Black women who consider themselves Christian adjacent, right? So who, like I said earlier, those of us who maybe grew up in the church and we now have spiritual practices that combine um, some of our ancestry along with those beliefs, along with these other practices. And she just does it so beautifully. And I could not be more excited to share this conversation with you. I do want to give you a couple of disclaimers that we do touch on some topics that can be really sensitive. So I just want to provide a couple of content warnings for you. Um, if these topics are sensitive to you. So 
there is some mention of sexual trauma and there is also mention of pregnancy loss. And we don't go into major detail about either of those topics. However, um, we do discuss them. And so as always, I encourage you to practice self-care when listening. And um, LaVon is also really great about, you know, giving a warning before diving into one of those topics. So during the episode, you really can't miss when it's going to be because we, we give warnings as we're talking of, of what's coming up. So you can always um, pause, regather, or if you need to just kind of take a step back and, and do something else because those topics um, are just not, uh, not something that serves you to, to hear about or to talk about, even in the context of this conversation where we speak more so about healing and and how we navigate those things. Um, It is all about what works for you. So just always want to make sure that I, I give you that warning there. But without further ado, please enjoy this episode and this conversation with our amazing guest, LaVon. LaVon, welcome to Balanced Black Girl. I know I mentioned this to you briefly just now before we started recording, but I'm such a big fan of yours. So I'm so excited to have you here today. LaShonda, thank you so much, darling one. It truly is an honor to be here. I'm excited. Definitely, definitely. Um, So I think I found you on Instagram earlier this year. And yep, yep. (laughs) And like resonated with your message like off top. And then as I started learning more about you and just the the bits and pieces you share of who you are, um, I just, it made me just appreciate what you do even more. So I would love to introduce you to our listeners who maybe haven't met you yet. Can you tell us a little bit more about you and how you came to be the woman you are today? I would love to. So uh, my name is LaVon Proverbs Briggs. I am a Leo sun, Pisces moon, Leo rising, (laughs) Leo sidereal. So I came to earth in a very particular package. Um, (laughs) I am a body and sex positive pastor who's doing work to get black folks, particularly black women, um, free and liberated from cultural and sexual shame. Uh, I show up in the world as a transformational speaker, a preacher, a writer, a spiritual life coach. um, And I'm also a psychic and a medium. So I know that's a lot in one, uh, (laughs) but basically I am a multi-faith womanist healer who is here to help earth evolve. Beautiful, beautiful. And I'm curious, how has your relationship to spirit and to spirituality changed over time? Oh, goodness. Um, So I am the daughter of Caribbean immigrants, and I was (laughs) raised in a middle-class Episcopalian church. If you're familiar with that church, it is kind of like the Catholics, but the priests can get married. And so I grew (laughs) up with like this sense of ritual and this like ornate uh, surrounding and sanctuary, but I always had this abstract understanding of spirit. Uh, But as I got older and got exposed to ancient West African spirituality and started to connect the roots between what our ancestors were practicing and how it got folded into what we call Christianity today, uh, I started to make some really big connections there. And that helped me because I got to see myself in my religion for the first time. You know, growing up as a dark-skinned, discernibly Black (laughs) woman, in an anti-Black, anti-woman society, 
um, growing up with a white Jesus who, though he wasn't, you know, blonde and blue eyed, he was definitely white with brunette hair. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't see myself in the divine, in the images of God. And so for me, um, connecting to spirit through an African centered lens has done a number of things. It's helped me to decolonize the religion of my faith. Um, It has helped me to see that God is so much bigger than the Bible (laughs) and um, church even. And it has allowed me to embrace spirituality that affirms me and celebrates me um, and that liberates me. So it's been a journey of transitioning out of uh, an oppressive colonized system of beliefs that do not support my humanity to now being one who subscribes to ancient West African spirituality. You know, through my research, I've discovered that I have Yoruba ancestry through Sierra Leone. Um, and so I'm wondering, what did my ancestors do? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. before the colonizers brought their white Jesus. I believe in ancestral veneration. And so being deeply connected to our lineage. Um, knowing that there is an ancestral realm that guides us, that holds us, um, and that we do not walk this journey alone. And then, of course, I find God in community, the people who lift me up and support me and and see me, right? And who th- those people, I like to say, when I'm around them, my soul can slouch. That's where I find spirit. And of course, within my own self, looking in the mirror <laughs> and seeing divinity, that has been literally the journey of my life to go from looking at this brown haired white man and believing that he's God to looking at myself in the mirror and seeing God. Ooh, I have chills <laughs> right now. <laughs> oh, but that's so important. That's so mm-hmm. important. Especially for us. Especially yeah. for us. You know, it really we're, is. We're grow, we grow up with this language that's like, white is good and black is evil or bad. And, you know, all the stereotypes about like the witches are evil and they wear black and they have black cats and, you know, black cat, like just all this shit <laughs> that, um, that doesn't, it doesn't seem to be that big of a deal, quote unquote, but over time when you're a kid and then a tween and then a teen and a young adult, like you start to realize how that shit really has affected your psyche. And so it's just helpful for me to have language for what I have been experiencing, whether it was in a spiritual community or school, (laughs) you know, aggressions and uh, racism and misogynoir, like learning these words that I didn't learn in church helped to um, give some flesh, right, to the very bony, thorny experience of growing up as a Black girl in this society. So it is revolutionary for us to decolonize our spirituality and to, to see all the ways that the divine is expressed through the Black feminine, the Black divine feminine. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I love that so much. And for people who are struggling with that, who are struggling to decolonize their faith, how do you recommend they they go about that or they get started in that journey? Yeah, you know, I do not deny that the Black church, the Black Christian church has not done a great job of making connections to African beings. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. when I think about Pentecostal churches, for any of y'all who've ever been to any kind of like charismatic church and you see the shouting and the running around and the hollering, like that is so African. 
And then when you talk about African mask or you talk about the continent, it's like, oh, that's demonic. Oh, that's evil. It's like, oh, you've been brainwashed. Let's let's yeah. uh, let's realize that even if you don't identify as a Christian anymore, so many of us grew up in Black Christian spaces, and even people who do not identify as Christian still miss the Black church experience. We love the choirs. We love the community. We love the mothers sliding a few dollars in our in the palm of our hand, you know, when we're home from school. Um, but we do not miss the homophobia, the queerphobia, the the misogyny, the misogyny. We don't miss that. We don't miss the fire yep. and brimstone. And so for me, it has been so important to make the connections to the beautiful things. When we think about music, right? In Liberia, there is no word for dancing in their language. They say singing. And singing means drumming and dancing. In Liberia, drumming and dancing go together. You don't drum and not dance. You don't dance and not drum. And so when I think about how significant movement is, uh, when I think about people who are overwhelmed in the spirit and their bodies start to react, when I think about the gorgeous harmonies, uh, you know, four-part harmonies of these gospel choirs and these amazing vocalists and soloists, um, when I think about community, right, and how on the motherland we were communal people, <laughs> you know, we would have extended kin on compounds and everyone did their particular work and the thing that they were sent to this realm to do and the thing that didn't just bring them joy, but serve the collective. Like those are the connections to our African descendedness. We just, the connections are not explicit because through colonization, through the residual effects of chattel slavery, we've been so disconnected from that lineage and heritage. Um, but there's this beautiful awakening now that's happening. And so whether it is Beyonce's Lemonade or Black is King, you know, whether it is Black Panther or um, hearing a lot of buzz around Lovecraft Country. I don't do horror, so I haven't worked up to it yet. <laughs> <laughs> but people are like, you have to watch it. I'm like, I don't have to do anything except stay black. <laughs> Pero, um, whatever you're feeling around exploring your spirituality that is African, um, notice that it is your birthright. <laughs> um, it is not evil. It is not demonic. Um, you are not crazy. You're gifted, right? Um, spiritual gifts that we talk about in religious spaces, like speaking in tongues and prophesying. Like when you look at the Bible, when you look at storytelling, divining is there. Fortune telling, seeing the future, psychics, mediums, people who are clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient. Like I believe that each one of us has one of these beautiful spiritual gifts to heal ourselves, our, our lineage, and to heal the collective. And so when you tap into your spiritual gifts and you align with spirit and you let your ancestors support you and you let your community uplift and inspire you, you are an unstoppable force. So of course, powers that be are going to try to get you to deny your power. Of course, people are going to have you so concerned about capitalist um, burdens like money and debt and status and materialism and consumerism to distract you and to detract you from your purpose, your calling, literally the contract that you made with spirit before you broke the time and space continuum. So- all of that to say that the inkling that you're feeling, the nudge that you're feeling, those are your ancestors talking to you. 
and they want to be in relationship with you. And so if you can venerate biblical ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Rebecca, Leah, Hagar, Jesus, even his mother, Mary, why can't you venerate big mama or papa or grandpa, Eric, or your great, great grandfather or ancestors known and unknown named and unnamed, literally the people whose blood is coursing through your veins right? So I say that it is your birthright. I literally mean that you own this shit and it is yours. (laughs) So step into your power. That's so good. And what I loved about what you just shared was just the language that you used around exploration, kind of having this sense of curiosity, because I think for a lot of us, myself included, Mm -hmm. who did grow up in the church, it's everything is very kind of black and white. There's it's dictated what's good, what's bad. There's not a lot of room to really ask questions and be curious. No, you're right, LaShondra. And it really, it's not just harmful. I'm trying to think of the right word for it because it's not serving anyone. Like Mm -hmm. the toxic patriarchy that we see in society, we also see in the Black church. Most Black churches are 85% Black women congregationally. Black church leadership is not 85% Black women. And I just imagine how different our sacred spaces would be if we had more women in leadership. But thanks to patriarchal men who were sexist and anti-woman and wrote this Bible with an agenda at a particular time. Um, And thanks to really poorly misinterpreted views of the scripture and this sort of pathetic grasp for power where people would use the pulpit as a way to feel good about themselves, right? As opposed to letting it be um, an uplifting, encouraging, you know, moment, preaching moment. Um, I feel like there are so many times where people are letting their ego, and not that ego is bad. I don't demonize ego. We need ego, healthy ego to point us in the direction of what we want and what we desire, mm-hmm. what we crave. Um, but when you ha- when you're healed and you are aligned with spirit, you don't need to spiritually abuse people in order to show how strong and thoughtful you are. So when I realized that the Bible wasn't just gilded in the sky <laughs> and mm-hmm. dropped down from the heavens by God, that there were actual human beings who wrote this. Well, I, was, I got curious. I was like, well, who mm-hmm. wrote this and when? And I realized that while the church didn't always like my questions, that God is indeed big enough for my questions. Mm-hmm. And so this idea that you don't question God, you don't question the Bible, you don't question your pastor, like who does it serve for you to acquiesce with toxic ideology masquerading as theology? Those are the kinds of questions that I was having that took me to divinity school. And it was there that I started to discover Black liberation theology and womanist theology and all these frameworks that didn't just center my lived experience, but celebrated it, honored it. I didn't have to be quiet. And you know, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. I didn't have to be the good church girl. I could cuss and I could question. I like that. I could cuss <laughs> and I could question. Yeah. Um, I could be black. I could twerk and I could cry and I could be human and I could ask God why. And I could also grow and expand and heal and purge. And I could go to therapy and None of that was seen as bad or evil once I 
discovered that there were people who were having theological conversation. So there's a difference between indoctrination and faith, right? And to say that you believe something just because it's what you were taught, as opposed to knowing what you have lived for yourself and, and knowing your own truth, that's something that comes with time and inquiry. Absolutely. And I think sometimes having that inquiry, it can feel scary at first for people, mm-hmm. right? When they start kind of exploring those things or asking those yeah. questions, it can feel really scary, but it's also so liberating. It is. And the beautiful part is that you're not doing it alone, right? You are unconditionally loved and supported by spirit and by your ancestors. When you see those posts floating around Instagram, you know, the ancestral mathematics where it's like, if you go back 12 generations, now we're talking about 4,000 you know, <laughs> ancestors who are holding you. And it makes me think about how we have like play cousins and play aunties and uncles. You know, I have a New Orleans uncle who just adopted me like three weeks ago. Um, (laughs) And so, no, he's not my brother, my, my father's brother. No, he's not my mother's brother, but he is my kin. And if we do that to each other in the physical realm, what do you think the ancestors are doing in the spiritual realm? You know, there are some folks who don't necessarily have, didn't have your blood when they walked the earth, but they like, that's my baby right there. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. your questions are welcome. You would not be asking these questions if you weren't supposed to be asking these questions. So any curiosity that you have is evidence that you are entitled to explore those questions. Absolutely. Oh, I love that so much. (laughs) I love it. Taking a quick pause from today's interview for a message from our Balanced Black Girl podcast partner, Peak and Valley Co. Peak and Valley adaptogen blends have been a huge part of my stress management routine and ability to create calm in my daily life. Love adding the Nourish My Brain blend to my morning elixirs, coffee if I'm doing coffee, tea if I'm not, to really help improve focus. And while it's no secret that I love Pecan Valley blends, I talk about it all the time, I get especially excited when I hear that you all love them too. We've had several Balanced Black Girl listeners write to Pecan Valley with glowing reviews that I wanted to share one with you. This review says, I really applaud your research and the fact that this Black Girl-owned product is amazing. I've been making an effort to support more Black-owned businesses this year, so Peak and Valley has my full support. I think it's imperative that we bring more awareness to living holistically and talking openly about stress, anxiety, and depression in the Black community. So these adaptogen blends really help your body better adapt to stress and stressful situations. And I encourage you to check them out. So if you would like to try Peak and Valley adaptogen blends, you can go to balanceblackgirl.com forward slash peak and valley. And you can use the coupon code balanceblackgirl, all one word for $5 off your order. Again, that is balanceblackgirl.com slash peak and valley using the coupon code Balanced Black Girl for $5 off your order of stress-fighting adaptogen blends. Let's jump back into the interview.
would also like to talk to you about sexuality because yes, your work is very sex positive, which I love. Yes. Um, and for a lot of us who did grow up in the church or in a church environment, it feels like those two things are at odds, sure. right? And But they don't have to be. <laughs> right? No, not at all. Trust me, I get it. You know, I was in a Pentecostal church. I was super saved in college. I was in the gospel choir. I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I didn't have sex. I didn't do. Jesus was my Valentine child. I've, <laughs> I've been out celibate for like, was it five, eight years? I don't know, something like that. Long ass time. And um, for me, what was really important was to see that sexuality is a sacred gift. It's the abuse of sexuality that is evil. And for so many of us who grew up hearing that sex is bad and if you have premarital sex, you're going to hell and, you know, sex before marriage and, you know, just all the things, you, you know, I don't want to belabor the point. We, we heard it growing up. Um, mm-hmm. It can really do a number on your psyche uh, and around your emotional development, around your body. Um, we can see our bodies as bad or evil. You know, there's a scripture people misinterpret saying, don't be a stumbling block. And they say, women, you know, you can't wear tight stuff or short stuff or low cut stuff because you're going to cause men to lust and sin. Like, okay, you're doing too much and you (laughs) don't have a lot of faith in men is what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is that if we look at the ways that men harm us, it doesn't matter if we're wearing a tight sequin dress or sackcloth. You know what I mean? If a man is going to harm a woman, he's going to harm a woman. So we need to put the onus back where it belongs. Um, And so a huge reason why I talk about sex so much is because so many Black women have suffered sexual trauma and violence. And we cannot create safe space for healing sexual trauma if we're not talking about sex. And we're not talking about sex if we're not talking about bodies. And so we got to just start by talking about bodies, about talking about flesh. You know, we grew up with language like we're the hands, eyes, ears, feet of Christ. Well, we're also the breasts and hips and buttocks and penis and vaginas of Christ too, because guess what? Mm-hmm. Jesus figure that we talk about walked the earth. Uh, he was North African. He was black. You know, he was a brother. <laughs> and so that is so important that the divine would send this revolutionary model for us in the form of a black man. a melanated being. Um, And so that shows me just how holy being Black is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what I loved about what you said about including, right, like all of our our bodies as a whole in divinity, not just picking and choosing, um, is it also just gives us bodily autonomy in a sense of understanding our bodies, understanding how they work, understanding our gifts in all ways and not seeing parts of ourselves as bad or whatever. Exactly. And, you know, people are like, oh, you're a body and sex positive pastor because you want to have a a lot of sex. And yes, I absolutely do. But, you know, thanks to COVID, that's (laughs) happening. (laughs) But, um, you know, I do want to have really good, pleasurable, healthy, safe, consensual sex. But also, I want to make sure that my brothers are going to get their colon checked. I want to make mm-hmm. sure my sisters are going to get their mammograms. You know, uh, yeah. black women suffer from fibroids and high maternal mortality rates and um, blood pressure. Like 
uh, heart disease. Like there are so many reasons why we should be talking about our bodies. And so the beautiful part is that the more we name our, our bodies, the anatomically correct parts, right? Like our vaginas, not our vajayjays or our hoo-hahs or <laughs> whatever mm-hmm. other, you know, names, pseudonyms and names we're using for our, for our beautiful, gorgeous body temples. Um, but just to foster conversations in everyday life, you know, I talk about sex the way I talk about food. When you start talking yeah. about food, people are like, oh my gosh, have you tried this recipe? Oh my goodness, I love baked beans or lentils, <laughs> lamb chops, whatever. Like the conversation <laughs> just starts to flow. But when yeah. you bring up your favorite sexual position, ooh, reverse cowgirl gets me going. People are like, ooh, you know, because we're not yeah. supposed to be talking about that. When I say the word <laughs> masturbate, People are like masturbate, like they start whispering. And I'm like, you know, spirit can still hear you, right? Like, <laughs> so, um, I just want us to be happy and healthy and whole human beings, and we can't do that without talking about sexuality. And the last part that I'll say about this, Lashonda, is that I want Black women to have amazing sexual health and mm-hmm. opulent sexual lives. And that is not going to happen if we do not know how to talk about our desires and we cannot pinpoint what we like and share with our partner or partners what gives us pleasure if we don't know what brings us pleasure. And so, you know, if you can't say, I like it when you stroke my clitoris like this, like you're not getting what you deserve, sis. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it's true. The, that's the the massaging that has to happen. Talking about our bodies, which is going to open conversations about our sexuality, and that's going to help us to embrace it and own it and activate it in ways that bring us joy and pleasure, so that we can have abundantly full lives, and that includes our sexuality. Absolutely. And a a lesson that I've had to learn, because I feel like I've been kind of all over the map with this from a personal perspective. But I know that when I was younger, I was also very judgmental of other people. And I would never like shame anybody or slut shame anybody out loud. But in my head, I definitely was all the time. And unlearning that I feel like has been one of my greatest you know, feelings of maturity. Mm-hmm. First of all, because it's not my business what anyone else does, first okay. and foremost. I mean, right. that's most important. <laughs> um, but second of all, I also realized that that judgment and shame that I was kind of putting onto other people, even if it was just in my head, I was also holding on to some of that for myself, too. That's it. The things that you despise or dislike about other people are often things that are within you. And mm-hmm. so it's easier to project it and put it out there <laughs> than to yep. actually do your own shadow work and go deep uh, and have compassion, deep, deep grace and compassion for the parts of yourselves that are less than savory, right? The parts of ourselves that we would rather keep hidden. So I don't blame you. We were raised to be extremely judgmental um, as a way to keep us in check, right? And keep us in line and and keep us legalistic and you do this and you don't do this. And that's how you prove you're a good person of faith. But when you release the reins and you allow yourself to be a full human being, especially as a sister, you learn how to tap into your intuition and what feels good to you. So many of us were socially conditioned to distrust our inner knowing. And that is where our power lies in trusting ourselves. So whenever you minimize this 
sense, this urge, some people call it your gut instinct or the Holy Spirit or guidance or universe source, energy, light, whatever, right? Whatever language you use, um, whenever you don't listen to that voice, you are training yourself to not trust yourself. And so being in touch with your body, right? And being in touch with your sexuality inherently means you have to be in touch with your sensuality. And a Mm. lot of conflate sensuality and sexuality and they're separate things. They inform each other. Mm-hmm. They speak to each other, but they're not the same. Sensuality is the ongoing practice of honoring the fact that you are in a beautiful body temple. If all of your faculties are working, you can see, touch, taste, feel, right? And some of us have these senses uh, that are active to varying abilities and capacities. But if all of your faculties are working, then you can indulge your senses. It's about surrounding yourself with beauty. So treating yourself to a bouquet of flowers, right? When you go on your mm-hmm. grocery or not just rushing with a to-go cup to have your coffee, but to drink your coffee or your herbal tea in a gorgeous mug um, and sipping it and feeling the warmth and savoring the flavor and feeling it like all of that is an experience, right? Yeah. So women have been, we've been minimizing our wants and our desires and our senses. We've been dulling our senses and we've just been existing, but being in touch with your sensuality calls you to live life fully and to be present and to be mindful and to get your pleasure how you live, sis. Like, light mm-hmm. that candle. What do you say? <laughs> you got a nose? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good, though. I love that because, you know, on this show and just in general, we talk a lot about just self-care in different ways that we can take care of ourselves. But I do think it's so important to like make everything we do enjoyable, like make everything feel like an act of self-care, you know? Everything. I believe in lavish love. I always use descriptive words like opulent, indulgent, because that's what we deserve. Okay. I'm tired of just having (laughs) struggle love. I'm tired of budgeting and scrimping and saving and, you know, having spa days. No, 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 no. I want to integrate pleasure as a practice every single day and to call in abundant resources so that I can be well, right? So many Black women, so many of us were conditioned to just accept the scraps that people deem, you know, to throw our way. And I'm loving this moment where Black women are saying, enough. Mm -hmm. I know that I am worth, you know, the whole pig. Don't come after me, vegans and vegetarians. What I'm saying is, (laughs) (laughs) go with me with the analogy. Don't at me. But what I'm saying is we are worth the entire full-bodied experience. And we can demand that, right? We can command that because pleasure is our birthright. Opulence is our birthright, but you will never ever have it if you do not receive it. And you cannot receive it if you don't believe and know and act like you are worthy of it. And so all of the blockages that we have around unworthiness, those are the things that I want us to massage. And I know a lot of that stems from spiritual abuse and really poor teachings in churches when we were growing up. And so just, you know, 
handholding people through the process where they start to, you know, pull back those layers that have been piled atop their bodies and their minds and their spirits and their souls so that they can discover like, what is, what is me? <laughs> where yeah. am I going? What do I believe? Not what was I indoctrinated with, but what at my soul, at my core, what do I believe and trust and know to be true? That's so good. Actually, it reminds me of, I remember you shared a post a little while back uh, where you said that, you know, when someone thanked you, you started responding with your word. Yes. <laughs> I remember I bookmarked that one. I was like, yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, we're so used to saying things like, thank you, Lestranja. And you'll be like, oh, no problem. Or you're welcome. Like it was no big deal. Like it was a big deal. You mm -hmm. took time out of your day. You took energy that could have gone towards other things to help me. Right. And so when someone says, thank you, they are honoring your sacrifice, your investment, your ashe, your energy. And so for me to just say, you're welcome, it just seemed, um, what's the word? Like automated. And mm -hmm. when spirit gave me that download to say you're worthy, that is an affirmation of that person and of yourself, because you cannot see anything in someone else if it's not first in you. So do I stand my chocolate skin and my high cheekbones and my clavicle? Yes. And <laughs> when people <laughs> say, you know, you're so beautiful or you're gorgeous, I say, I am a reflection of you because you could not see that beauty if you could not recognize that beauty in yourself. So yes. say you're worthy is also an affirmation. And I'll close this part by saying that it's so funny when people who don't know me quite well or just getting to know me, um, mm -hmm. they'll be like, thank you. And I'll be like, you're worthy. And they'll be like, thank you. I'm like, worthy. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. I'm like, okay, so here's what you need to say if you want this to stop is of course, or I, know, <laughs> or I am something to let me know that you've received the worthiness. Yes. Um, so people learn, but it's just really funny. Like in my DM sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, do, are you absorbing the message? <laughs> are, are, you, are you picking up the message? Are, do you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? Or my, my thumb? <laughs> yes. So something I would also love to talk to you about um, is I know you have your course, I'm a Sir Thriver. Yeah. And I would love to talk about that. I would love to first okay. talk about what it means to be a Sir Thriver. Yeah. Um, what that means, what inspired that work, and then also about the course, because I know it's coming up your next round and would love to get some information for listeners who are interested. Totally. So I'm a survivor, healing faith and sexual trauma. And this is a trigger warning for sexual trauma. So if you need to yes. pause and come back, you know, take your time, do what you need to do for you. Uh, it's a six-week course that helps us to explore the social, religious, and cultural um, implications of sexual trauma, particularly for Black women. Um, it is a way for us to unpack the trauma that has happened in our lives uh, that did not happen in a vacuum and to see how we can enter a more holistic way of healing, um, including different spiritual systems and um, practices um, to foster healing and resiliency. So we talk about everything from sexuality in the Black church to spirit work and ritual to pleasure as a practice, you know, as a spiritual practice. Um, and so the Thriver came from a time in my life where I was starting to do work around Black women's issues. 
And whenever I talk to black women, I know that woundedness is in the room. And so I have evolved from these earlier um, iterations of my work in 2009, you know, to now where I was very trauma informed. And I wanted to talk about trauma all the time because I realized that talking about my trauma helped heal me. But I also realized that talking about trauma all the time is draining. And if I talk about pleasure, we're going to get to the trauma eventually because you can (laughs) only receive as much pleasure as you have received healing. And so I was like, if I can talk about trauma and get, you know, and have an impact on people and I can talk about pleasure and have an impact on people. Well, honey, I'm going to talk about pleasure. Okay. So, (laughs) um, So Thriver came from my lived experience uh, as a survivor and a researcher. And I came across this word that, you know, survivors are doing this and survivors of sexual assaults. And I was like, I am in divinity school full time. My friends are amazing. I am a badass spoken word poet. Like I am not just surviving. I am thriving. And so, you know, as womanist, creative preacher and orator is want to do. I created a word <laughs> to describe mm-hmm. what, what I was what, what I was living. And a so thriver is a person who flourishes despite facing life's harsh extenuating circumstances. And uh, it just so happens that in this particular context, we're talking about black women who have suffered childhood sexual abuse and or male sexual violence and are ready to begin or deepen uh, their healing journeys around that, particularly um, with a lens on faith and spirituality, because I found that people in faith communities were not equipped to have these conversations or didn't want to have them. But then once you went to the academic communities, I felt like there wasn't a great respect for religion and spirituality. And so I was like, how can I integrate everything that gives me life into one course so that I can create the course that I needed when I was younger? So We just um, launched cohort three on September 1st, and they are an amazing group of women who are being so brave and so courageous. And I'm I'm just so honored that folks trust me with that. So cohort four is going to launch in November. We'll have one more before 2020 ends. So we can, you know, gear up for all that 2021 is is going to bring. That's amazing. I mean, that is such important, important work. I love the the term that you created, Sir Thriver, because I think that it's just, it's so beautiful and it's such a beautiful, necessary reframe. And um, I just am so appreciative that you do that work. So we'll make sure that we link the link to the course in the yeah. show notes so that folks can sign up for the November cohort. That would be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so LaVon, I would love to talk a little bit about some of the ways that you are currently taking care of yourself. I mean, 2020 has been, we all know how it's been, (laughs) but (laughs) the need has been strong to take care of ourselves. And so, (laughs) (laughs) how has Um, that been for you? Yeah, 2020, my mom was like, we had plans for 2020, but 2020 had plans for us. And I'm just like... You know, I ended 2019 on a, uh, what's the word, on a grief-stricken note. Um, Mm. This is a trigger warning for pregnancy loss. Mm -hmm. I suffered a miscarriage uh, two days before Christmas 
in December of 2019. You know, I took time to let the immediate shock and grief like rush over me. And I disappeared from social media for like five days. Um, yeah. And when I came back, I was like, I'm, I can't just skip over this. You know, I can't just go back to talking about end of year reflections and 2020 brings it on. It's like, this is what happened. And I think that might have been the post that had the most engagement all 2019. Um, because, you know, pregnancy loss is another thing we don't talk about, which as a body and sex positive pastor, this is something that I get to talk about. I get to bring like really, really important, delicate conversations to the center because it's something like 25 to 30% of all pregnancies end in miscarriage. And that is high. Wow. Yeah. High. And I was like, how do I not know this as yeah. a woman, as a, a spiritual leader, as a, a concerned citizen? Like, yeah. Um, and when I posted that, I mean, Black women, white women, Latinx women, Asian women, Black men, right? We're like, mm-hmm. thank you so much. We had one in April. We had one last year. We had one two years ago. I've never told anyone. Like, So these are the the healing bits that that I have the privilege to amplify when I talk about our bodies being holy and that the divine cares about our bodies. So um, coming into this year, I was already in a state of complete rawness and vulnerability um, and deep desire for authenticity and and radical healing. Um, And so coming into this year, I was excited about all that was to come. And while it has looked different than I expected, I have still been able to find my center and to be grounded. COVID has taught me to be very strategic and and not strategic, very intentional about how I spend my time and how I invest my energy um, because energy is currency. And so my livelihood, my wealth, my well-being is so grounded spiritually because I'm not traveling all over the place. I'm not running to this conference and to this speaking engagement. Um, I'm not out and about with people just to be out. You know, If I go out, it's like, okay, we're doing grocery store. We're doing Botanica. We're doing post office to check the mailbox. Like, <laughs> we are doing yes. We can does that. We can come home, take a shower and or a bath. Baths are, I've been taking more baths. Like I already loved water. Water is my element. Water is a cleansing and healing agent and a portal. So nourishing. Um, but I've been taking baths at nine o'clock in the morning, nine o'clock at night. Child, just so, <laughs> just Love so, it. yeah, got a whole haul, you know, my bath salts and my oils <laughs> and my, my juices and my berries. Um, um, prayer and meditation, of course, um, jogging, I feel really, really strong and powerful when I'm out, um, just taking deep breaths, deep cleansing breaths. Um, my yoga practice, um, has been really, really important for me. Um, FaceTiming with my loved ones. Um, I love cooking. Cooking is a spiritual practice for me. I love eating. Eating is a very sensual experience. I love to dance. So I have different playlists for different moods. So I have like a sensual like womb dance playlist or I have like a time fee bucket up playlist, which is all like my <laughs> and Afro beats and mm-hmm. um, 
you know, just letting the music wash over me and letting my body move how she wants to. Um, that brings me a lot of pleasure and joy. Um, and then the last few things are just gorgeous, fresh flowers. Um, I love a good bouquet of sunflowers and roses and candles. Oh, candles. Yes. <laughs> and so good. Tea. Yeah. So that's what's keeping me, you know, present, honey. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, for sharing your experiences in how 2019 ended and and being in that state of grief. And also just that reminder. Yeah. I mean, that reminder of for those who are able and up to it, um, when we do share those stories and those experiences, how much it really can help people who are going through the same thing and and who feel alone. And um, so I just really appreciate you sharing. Oh, my pleasure. Vulnerability is my superpower. Like I used to think I was an oversharer and a crybaby. And now I just realized that I'm transparent and I am clear sentient. So yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's so empowering to know that how you show up in the world is not evidence of your weakness, but actually a demonstration of your great power uh, and strength. And so I agree with you, you know, for anyone who has gone through anything <laughs> you know, if you feel up for it and you want to share, whether it's your journal, your spirit guides, your sister, your line sisters, your <laughs> social media platform, like just know that when you feel that nudge to share, it is not for nothing. And even if people do not respond in the comment section or in the group chat or in the Zoom chat, just know that there is somebody who is resonating with you. They're just not in the same courageous, brave space to share their story yet, but know that the seed has been planted with your watering. Mm, that's so, that's such a beautiful reminder, such a beautiful reminder. And the importance of sharing those stories mm-hmm. is about planting, planting that seed. And sometimes it can feel um, especially if we share things on social media and the way social media is designed to kind of want that instant feedback to think right. that something doesn't land or, oh, maybe I shouldn't have shared this. But um, social media has conditioned us to look for that. But that's not always the point. And that just because you don't see that instant kind of mm-hmm. feedback doesn't mean that it didn't land where it was supposed to. Absolutely. And I think that we cannot look for confirmation and affirmation when we're talking about things that are considered taboo or controversial or, you know, you don't talk about that. Like, I think that's one thing that social mm-hmm. media has done for us is sort of ripped away any kind of what's the etiquette, right? Around yeah. you don't talk about politics. You don't talk about race. Like, yes, we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have to. Yep. And so know that that is a testament to your bravery and that you are modeling for folks what it looks like to stand in your truth and your story. So many of us have learned to cope and survive by minimizing and repressing and pretending that this didn't happen or trying to put the energy that comes up into another degree, (laughs) into Mm -hmm. another webinar, into another launch. (laughs) And it's like, no, you need to sit. You need to be quiet. You need to let whatever's coming up, come up. Because if it's coming up, that means it needs to come out. Yes. Mm, I needed that. (laughs) (laughs) Spirit be speaking, child. 
Yes, it's so good. It's so important, though. And that's actually that is a message that I have gotten from different sources a couple times this week, which mm-hmm. is why I say, oh, I needed that because I keep hearing it. And I'm like, oh, that means I need to hear it. But that urge to start another project when really what we need is stillness so that those messages can come through and we can process it. Um, yeah, it's especially, so important, especially right now. Like I remember when quarantine first started and people were like, this is your time if you don't finish your book or file your LLC or write this epic or scale this mountain, well, you just didn't have any motivation. Like, sir, Mm -mm. ma'am, non-gender conforming (laughs) person. Like, we are not working remotely. We are sheltering in place during a global health crisis, a global racial pandemic, um, like so many rates of uncertainty and unemployment and migrant women being forcibly sterilized. Like there's so much happening. Mm -hmm. If I think about taking a shower some days, that is a win for me. (laughs) Absolutely. And so be gracious with yourself. Please, y'all, do not subscribe to this idea that we are working from home and we're working remotely and everything. That's not what we're doing. We are quarantining because there is a deadly virus (laughs) that is Mm -hmm. killing people. This is not an extended vacation. This is not like the time for you to turn your side hustle into your ma- this that's not what this time is about. So please mm-hmm. relieve yourself of any pressure to be productive. I want you to focus on being creative, right? Tap into your sacral chakra. Uh tap into your dance, your womb healing, your womb space, write, dance, cry, purge, talk to your therapist, eat nourishing foods, see what comes up, but Productivity is tied to capitalism and capitalism is inherently anti-black and anti-woman. So anti-us. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yep. So let's not feed that system. Let's take a note from uh, the Nat Bishop, <laughs> the Nat Ministry, <laughs> and see yes. rest as, as resistance. You deserve rest. It is. Get every yes, nap your do. ancestors were owed and did not get. Yes. And which is a lot. <laughs> a lot, a lot. A whole lot. That way, you like, oh, oh, girl, I see you in 2021. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, LaVon, what does being a balanced Black girl mean to you? Mm, being a balanced Black girl means feeling at home in my body temple. When I am balanced, I am grounded, I am centered, I am joyful. Um, And it doesn't mean that everything's perfect because the world is literally on fire and Mm -hmm. that is not what it is, but it's that I have fought, I mean, scrapped my way to my black girl joy. And I refuse to let any system of oppression, any negative spiritual force think that they are going to take the joy that I deserve And so being balanced means being in tune with my body, listening to her, (laughs) trusting her, affirming myself, my vision, my wants, my desires, because my desires are evidence that I deserve them. And so allowing myself to dream audaciously and to envision opulence and lavishness as the default. (laughs) Yeah. 
standard. Okay. Yes. I love Um, that. Yeah. That is what it means to feel balanced for me. And if any point in time I feel off kilter or like I'm not balanced, um, then it just means that I'm not giving attention to something. Maybe I need to pray. Maybe I need to talk to my ancestors. Maybe I need to journal and do some morning pages and purge. Maybe I need to go for a run. Um, maybe I need to masturbate. Maybe I need to talk to my best friend. Like asking myself multiple times a day, what would bring me joy right now? And then doing that when at all possible has helped me to remain so centered and so grounded. And so I invite y'all to do the same thing, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I want to now. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to you use know, your definition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that because it causes us to check in on ourselves, right? You're so busy making sure this thing is done and this person has what they need. Like pause. What would bring me joy right now? Some tea would be really good. A nap would be really good. Taking my meds would make me feel better. Like those are the things that get us into our body, right? And get us feeling at home again. Um, Our home frequency is joy. Our home frequency is love. Our home frequency is abundance. And so anytime we feel out of alignment with those things, that's when we got to tap in and get back in balance. Oh, so, so good. Thank mm-hmm. you for that. That really, really touched my spirit along with truly everything that you said today, <laughs> <I> <laughs> if we're being you. honest. Thank you for me. Oh my goodness. Thank you for, for being here and for sharing with us. Oh. So Lavon, how can we keep in touch with you? How can we support your work? How do we keep this going? <laughs> yeah, I mean, clearly I'm on the gram <laughs> at P. It's L-Y-V as in Victor, O-N as in Nancy, N-E-P as in Peter. Um, so definitely follow me there. And uh, my IGTV is a great place to start. I'm also on Twitter at LaVon P. Um, my website is LaVon P. Uh, another space where we're doing really, really cool work uh, is my Patreon. Um, we are a multimedia online learning community. It's called Sensual Faith, the Art of Reintegrating Your Spirituality and Your Sexuality. And we use a womanist lens to explore um, scripture, social things, culture. I do lectures and write articles. And uh, some of my live streams from Instagram are actually posted on Patreon. There are playbacks of different conversations and panels that I host. So patreon.com slash P is where you'll find me for that. You know, holler at the tier that works for you. We've got Zora, we've got Audrey, we've got Tony. So whoever <laughs> you rocking with, that's who you sign up for. And also subscribe to my YouTube channel. And I think that might be everything. Amazing. We will have all of your information, your YouTube channel, social handles, Patreon, website, and course all linked in the show notes. That's super easy for the listeners to find so that they can keep in touch with you and support your work. (laughs) I appreciate that. Um, I would love to keep in touch. So, you know, when y'all comment on something or see me around or you're my DMs, just be like, hey, I'm balanced. I'm a girl. I love it. Yes. I mean, we, I'm so grateful for the community of listeners that we have here because they will pull up and they will, (laughs) 
<laughs> and they will say, you know, that they, right. they heard you on the show, which I love. So um, please do that to everybody um, yes, listening. <laughs> please do. Pull up and shout out to you, LaShondra, for just curating this space for us to be and grow. And I'm just so excited to see what this decade and beyond has for you. You are, of course, oh. my dear one. Thank you so much. And I feel truly <laughs> the same about you. I mean, your work resonates so deeply with me. And I'm just so grateful to have gotten to connect with you. And um, so grateful that you you came on the show today and Yay! shared so much amazingness with us. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Balanced Black Girl Podcast. I hope this conversation helped inspire you on your own personal self-care and well-being journey. To continue the conversation, make sure you check out our website at balanceblackgirl.com where you can find show notes and more information about each of our episodes. And you can stay in touch with us at Balance Black Girl Podcast on Instagram, at Balance Black Girl on Facebook. And if you haven't done so already, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really, really helps the show. Thanks again for tuning in and keep taking care.